1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Merry Christmas. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast slash post game show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Oh boy, the Lakers. Well, they delivered a lump of coal to all of us on Christmas in a horrific third quarter. They lost the third quarter against the Dallas Mavericks by 30, 51 points for the Mavs in the third. The Lakers put up. Just 21 in response, and that effectively ended the game. The Lakers, they won every other quarter of the game. In fact, they won the fourth by 10, and yet it didn't matter because they lost the third by so many points. We're going to break down what happened. I'm going to be taking your questions and comments if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Bottom line, not a very Merry Christmas delivered to fans, though, from your Los Angeles Lakers. Certainly not what we wanted to see. Just to jump into the stats a little bit. What what else can you ask LeBron James to do? 38 points, six boards, five assists, only two turnovers. He was oh four 4 from three, so I guess you could say, hey, knock in some threes, and we'll talk more about the threes in a minute. But 38 points from LeBron James. You get a great shooting performance out of him, and you waste it by losing the third by 30. Holy moly, Russell Westbrook, 17 points, five boards, four assists, seven for 16 shooting, Austin Reeves, 16 points. Uh, the Lakers as a team, 49% from the field, but just th- 32% from three, 88% from the free throw line. That's fine. Eight turnovers. That's great. That's fantastic. If you had eight turnovers, every game, you'd be one of the, uh, one of the best teams in the NBA, probably the best team in the NBA in terms of turnovers. So you were careful with the basketball. You didn't turn it over. You shot well enough from the field at 49%. That's not insanely good or anything, but it's good. That's, that's, you'll take that, but just 32% from three, And then when you look across the way to the Dallas Mavericks, a couple of big problems pop out here. Uh, Luca, 32 points. You know he's going to do his thing. 32 to 9 but 26 from Tim Hardaway, 30 for Christian Wood. You allowed some other guys to really go off on you. And then 41% from three for the Mavs compared to just 32% from three for the Lakers, and the Mavs shot 44 threes compared to just 28 for the Lakers. In total, the Lakers made nine threes. In total, the Mavs made 18. Nine more threes made for the Mavs than the Lakers. That's nine more points. How much did the Lakers lose this game by? Nine. Yeah, it's a lot more nuanced than just saying it's the three point shooting, but it was the three point shooting. When you look across the stats sheet, you know, 11 offensive rebounds for the Mavs is bad. That's bad if you're the Lakers. Uh, they were undersized quite a bit during this game. In fact, at one point, Darvin Ham threw out a lineup where Austin Reeves was the tallest player at 6'5". It was Reeves and Lonnie, along with uh, Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, Pat Bev, something like that. It was three of the guards. uh, Well, I mean, all four of them are – all five of them actually are guards, but Austin Reeves was the tallest player on the floor. So not a surprise when you're rolling out lineups like that that the Lakers have have issues on the offensive glass and just rebounding in general. But nonetheless, you look at the stats and you say, well, the Lakers didn't play that bad of a game. Only eight turnovers. They shot well enough from the field. The problem came from behind the arc in this one. And then, of course, the, those offensive rebounds is, uh, rebounds compound things as well. But that being said, I hope everybody is having a, a Merry Christmas overall. Don't let this ruin your day, please, Lakers fans. But let me get into some of your questions and comments here and see how everybody else is feeling on this holiday. Uh. Vincent Hunter said I get this roster is imbalanced, but that five guard lineup alone should put Darvin on a hot seat sadly it won't as as soon as that lineup stepped onto the floor I went oh my gosh how are they how are they going to get a rebound <laughs> your tallest guy is 6-5 that's that's a big big problem for the lakers you simply you can't put that I don't the thought occurred to me I don't think this is what Darvin's doing but the thought occurred to me like is Darvin putting this group out there to like wave the flashing sign at the front office and say I need a different roster like this is so extreme to have five guards on the floor like that at the same time. And here's here's the real problem, though. If if you're the Lakers, it's not just playing five guards. Right. You could do that for short, very, very short stretches, particularly in the offensive end. You could play a bunch of small players if you believe your overall skill level is going to increase. Essentially, your gamble, if you're going to put five guards on the floor especially five small guards it's that your shooting and your quickness and your spacing is going to be so overwhelming on the offensive end that what you give up defensively in terms of rebounding and rim protection you're going to be able to actually make up ground because you're going to have five smaller players on the floor you swing the ball enough. whoever the big is on the other team is not going to be able to chase and you're going to end up probably with an open three And then the gamble is, are you going to knock that down or not? I'm not saying that's a sustainable strategy or something teams should do, but I could see where for a short stint, you could do that. If you had a bunch of three-point shooting guards that you could put on the floor for an offensive possession, and you'd be okay maybe if you can knock down a few shots. But it's a gamble. That said, when you're the Lakers and you put out Westbrook, not a good three-point shooter, Schroeder, not a good three-point shooter, and Patrick Beverly, not a good three-point shooter. You're hoping that two players, Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves, and Lonnie's three-point percentage has slipped. You're hoping one of those two guys is the one to shoot a three in in that lineup. And that you've got three guys on the floor who aren't going to be defended behind the three-point line. It it just it makes no sense. It makes no sense to put that roster out there. And that that's that's what we saw. Um the Lakers team is imbalanced in terms of the number of guards on the roster, but that that is going to the extreme to put five players out there with the tallest one being 6'5". Bruce Chang said, This is a sad, sad team the Lakers are. We stink so much. Ham playing five guards is pathetic. Sitting Thomas Bryant all second half is head-scratching. At this point, just let this team rot. Yeah, I mean, interesting that Thomas Bryant only played 19 minutes in the game 19 minutes in the game, the Lakers went small more often than not. And again, you got blown out in the third quarter. And here's here's the other bit of this, right? Like Thomas Bryant can at least rebound the basketball a little bit for you. Played 19 minutes, four for five shooting, three boards, two assists. Um, not to say he's a great – I think he's solid. If he's a 10 to 15 minute per game tops guy, okay. You can probably get by with Thomas Bryant being your – if he's your backup for Anthony Davis, okay, right? Maybe you can get by there. To ask him to do more than that is a lot, but what's the alternative here for the Lakers? Now, Wendy and Gabriel did get 18 minutes out there and provided seven rebounds, two points. Perhaps the Lakers just liked his defensive versatility, particularly in matchups against the Mavs, who were great swinging the ball and getting open looks. I'm going to talk about that in a moment, but the Mavs were really good moving the basketball. Wendy and Gabriel getting a few more minutes because he's a bit quicker um, in terms of closing out. I can kind of understand that, but nonetheless, that still doesn't explain why you should have five guards on the floor at any particular time. Now, uh, aside from the five guard thing, Darvin Ham's gotten a lot of criticism, which is, is, this comes with the territory. This is what happens when you're on a team that's not winning games, the coach gets a lot of criticism. And the reason for that is you can say, well, oh, they didn't run this play well, clearly. They're not doing this well. That must be the coach, right? That's That tends to be where a lot of the, the frustration gets focused. Um, you see players out on the floor that you don't agree with. Well, that's the coach's decision. Clearly, I don't like this player. He shouldn't be on the floor. That's on the coach. Right. So it's very easy to direct that kind of frustration at the coach. But the way the Lakers have been coming out of third quarters, I've got people asking me what's going on at halftime. What are are they doing at halftime To where they come out so flat consistently in third quarters? And I wish there was some answer where, you know, I don't know. They're all they're all um, they're all, you know, taking uh, like drinking NyQuil or something like that at halftime. And it's, it's putting them to sleep or something. I don't know. They're they're taking melatonin or something, but they come out in third quarters and they just don't seem to have the energy and they don't seem to uh, be competitive in third quarters throughout the season. So some of that might be on Darvin ham. What are you doing at halftime? But I'll tell you the one thing that I really don't like that we saw today was the Lakers had a game plan. In the first half of we're going to double Luca, which is fine, right? Get the ball out of Luca's hands, make somebody else beat you. And frankly, in the first half, the Lakers did get away with it a little bit more. The Mavs started to figure it out and they would swing, 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 find an open look and miss. Right, that that happened. In the third quarter, they moved the ball even quicker. They were a beat quicker to recognize the double. And then, I talk about this all the time, you have to make teams pay for their choices And the Lakers choosing to double Luca, the Mavs said, okay, well, we're going to move the ball quick then, and we're going to punish you by hitting the open look that you're giving up by committing two defenders to Luca." And that's exactly what the Mavs did. They did a great job recognizing that, but halftime is when adjustments are made, but then you have to adjust to those adjustments. And we saw the Lakers continue to send the double for way too long when it was clear the Mavs had figured it out and you needed to go away from that. And they just kind of stuck with it. And at that point, the ball got rolling down the hill, and there was no stopping it. Next thing you know, the Mavs put up 51 in a quarter. They put up 43 points in the first half, and the Lakers let the Mavs score 51 in a quarter. Unbelievable, Kyle Hampton. So let's see, burnt the food, almost started a fire, and the Lakers had that game. Yeah, merry whooping Christmas, <laughs> Kyle. It was that like a um, the the Santa Claus and Tim Allen moment where you, you burnt the burnt the turkey, and then you wound up having to go to Denny's something like that well i'm sorry you're not having a, a great christmas there hopefully it uh, does get a bit better here in the second half of uh, of the day triple threat says so trevor ham's not even trying to win now five guard lineups are we being trolled you don't even do that on 5k yeah i don't again i can't explain i could understand if all five players were three-point shooters and you were just thinking okay we're going to gamble for a couple minutes and see if we can spread out the defense and knock in some threes. We know we're going to give up some stuff on the other end. Maybe we can force some turnovers on the perimeter though, and we're going to try this, but it's not sustainable even in that scenario. Five guards who with three of them who are not great shooters that yeah that, that's just bad. That's bad. You just you can't do that. You can't do it. Senpai NFT well did we expect anything less Braun, 38 in a blowout loss at least we got a Christmas surprise with hams with Hams Reeves at the five lineup that's not the kind of Christmas surprise that you want that's like that's like all right so so my daughter this morning we're opening presents and the toys she's all excited about but every time because she's six every time she opens clothes you can see it where she's trying to be polite and everything but she's kind of disappointed a little bit that's that, that's what we kind of got. Right. When you see a Reeves at the five lineup, we're not even trying to be polite here. It's just disappointing. It's not the kind of present that you really want to get. It's not the fun present. This is the kind of present where you just kind of go, oh, well, I guess this is this is what we're getting. Austin Reeves at the five. Yikes. That uh, that was pretty rough. Gabriel Lakers want to be a landing spot for superstars, but can't take care of the two they already have. You know, that's actually a, a good point the Lakers have tried to build a reputation for decades now as a team that takes care of their stars, right? It's part of the the rationale behind uh, Kobe tears his Achilles. They give him a big uh, new contract, two-year deal. What was it, like $48 something like that? And and they got criticized like crazy for giving him that contract. How can you give a player coming off of an Achilles tear that big of a contract? That's going to be an albatross, blah, 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 right? But for the Lakers, it wasn't just about the contract. It was about sending the message that, Hey, we take care of our guys. We stick by them and we take care of them. The Lakers continue to lose though there. Now perhaps them sticking by Kobe, maybe, I, I don't know if this is the case or not, but maybe it was a factor in LeBron saying, you know what? I'm going to go join the Lakers in free agency because they stick by their stars and, and, and they're going to, they're going to support me all the way through. Maybe. But the problem is it's not just about paying the players. It's about giving them what they need in order to be successful. And you can say, look, some of uh, look the Russell Westbrook trade, the Lakers have missed on the margins quite a bit. Uh, they've missed on, on hitting singles where a lot of other teams have not missed. They, they've hit. And so you can criticize them plenty for what's gone on. The Russell Westbrook trade is the biggest miss, though. That was the big swing and a miss that really, really, put them behind the eight ball here that really put them in a difficult position and lebron may have been part of that decision right to go get russell westbrook so i'm not saying lebron is blameless here but to the point of the of the comment if you were a star in the nba right now you're a star level player and you're going to be a free agent anytime the next few years and you're looking at what this front office is doing right now you're looking at the pieces they've been able to put around lebron and ad you're looking at the mistakes they've made in free agency, look at the mistakes in terms of the contracts they've given out. That can't make you feel great, right? That can't make you feel super optimistic about You know what? Hey, if the Lakers have cap space, I'm going to go there. They're going to take care of me, and they're going to make sure we have a winning team from here on out. I don't think you can feel great about that, considering all the miscues we've seen from this front office. So that's that could be a problem for the Lakers moving into the future. It's how much how much faith is evaporating that this team can build a winner. Now they did it once. You won a championship in 2020. They did it, but they've unraveled so much of the things that they were successful on that. I do wonder if that's going to be a factor for free agents moving forward. Akeel James said torn between capitalizing LeBron's elite play and not knowing if this team deserves a trade so does this team deserve a trade they're playing so poorly that you don't deserve to make a trade look when AD was healthy they were playing at a level that was good enough to where you'd say yep let's let's trade stuff let's go get pieces we've got something here but i think what we're seeing is the lakers defense without anthony davis is really really bad it's been terrible without ad they've been getting lit up now the first half against the mavs was better but I do think part of that was the Mavs were just missing some shots. But nonetheless, I thought their defense was playing a bit better. But without AD, it's been such a noticeable drop-off. He, he did so much to clean up for the other players that without him, uh, and because you don't really have a suitable replacement, Thomas Bryant is not the kind of rim protector that Anthony Davis can be. So without that, you're really, really struggling. Um, as far as capitalizing on LeBron's current play, it's a tough spot to be in, right? It's not like they've got a bunch of solid pieces and you think, man, just one more move and that's going to put you over the top. They've got a long way to go because of all the mistakes that have been made and because of not recognizing the importance of bird rights or the bird rights or the importance of uh, having quality depth of positions instead, just constantly cycling through veteran minimum contracts. It's put them in an incredibly difficult position where there is no perfect answer. There isn't. There's no obvious, oh, just do this and you're fine. There's going to be a drawback to just about every single thing that you do. And and this is all here's, – here's what's really frustrating for fans. It's all self-inflicted. They've put themselves in the position that they're in right now through their own choices, um, which is, is, is certainly unfortunate and, and frustrating. So we'll see what they do. I still think if AD is healthy and he can come back, fingers crossed, and be healthy again you've got enough on this team where you add a piece or two you're a scary outcome playoff time if you're healthy and if you make a couple of moves so that's got to be there but at the same time when you see them playing like this right now where you give up a 30 point deficit in the third quarter right you lose the third quarter by 30 that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence either uh, Vector Nova. Trevor, I'm just going to ignore the game and the gloomy future and say Merry Christmas. I hope you are enjoying the holiday with your family. Well, thank you. I, I definitely am. This has been great. I traveled out to Kansas City to uh, meet my my niece for the first time, which has been absolutely fantastic. So we've got the little two-month-old and, and my daughter, my wife are here, my parents are here. You know, it's great to have the, the family together and everything. You might be able to see it behind me. We've got a giant Christmas puzzle we're going to be working on uh, later but um, but yes, I've definitely been enjoying it. So thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, Perez said, we need defense and shooting like other teams. We should trade for OG, Trent, and Boucher for Russ, both picks and Max. I don't know if, if Toronto will do that. Toronto might want both picks for OG and Anobi. I mean, that's what, that's the word that's out there is that OG and Anobi by himself is going to cost a lot to get. I don't think you're getting Gary Trent Jr. and Chris Boucher for that. And that's the other part of this, is I see so many Lakers fans who say, oh, just do this trade or just do that trade. This trade and that trade aren't available. Those aren't on the market right now. The only trades that are out there right now are trades that would fleece the Lakers. That's it. They're trades that if they got done, you'd be angry. That's what's available for the Lakers right now. Why? Because they're losing. Why? Because they don't have Anthony Davis. Because when they call teams, teams are going to say, oh, we want everything in exchange for a couple of minor role players because you guys are desperate, because you can't waste LeBron's season. That's why. Now, some people have made the point that with Anthony Davis injured, the Lakers can credibly say, you know what? AD is hurt, so we don't have it anyway. So we don't have to do any kind of a deal. We might, we might just wait. And it's a more credible threat with Anthony Davis hurt. Maybe, I guess that's kind of a silver lining, but look, like people say, oh, just call up Indiana and do Turner and Heald for for Russ and Picks. Do do that now. I think the Lakers probably thought that trade was still going to be on the table around this time of year, that they could always fall back on that. But Indiana's played too well. I don't think that's there anymore. So you've got some problems on the trade front. Now, maybe the market gets better as we get into January. Usually that's what happens. Prices start high in December. By mid-January, they start to come down. End of January, we get into February at the trade deadline. Then they get more realistic and you get deals done. But the problem is the Lakers may have dug themselves in so deep of a hole by that point that even a trade isn't going to have enough time to fix it. They've burnt so much of their season with a bad team, with a bad roster, um, and dealing with injuries that they're not going to be able to fix it. To undo, dig themselves out of of this hole. That's the problem. That they've got away. Uh, Kiki, Merry Christmas, Trevor. Enjoy your family time. Thanks for the hard work year round. Well, thank you very much. I, I certainly appreciate that. Um, hope you're enjoying some some family time as well. A lot of people I'm seeing saying, uh, <laughs> "Too late. Day is already ruined." Don't let the Lakers ruin your day uh, again. Try to enjoy it. It's Christmas. Let's not, let's not enjoy. Let's not ruin the day. Uh, This one says, Trevor, can we say that we have a coach problem? What is this small ball lineup? Is Thomas Bryan hurt or what? Is season over for us?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: I don't know if he wasn't on the injury report. So the shoulder issue from the previous game didn't seem to be a problem. I'm curious to see what they say after the game about Thomas Bryant and his lack of involvement in this game. Uh, Can we say we have a coach problem? Look, he's, Darvin Ham's a new head coach where we knew there were going to be some bumps in the road, but still nonetheless, there should be, you would hope to be seeing a little bit more, right? Uh, Particularly in terms of, adjustments at halftime particularly in terms of adjusting to adjustments like on the fly adapting to what other teams are doing when another team it's almost more dangerous for the lakers if they're up at halftime because for example the mavs went into halftime and said okay we're down so we need to fix this this and this let's do these things typically the teams that's that's up goes into halftime and they want to tweak some things but mostly they say okay let's keep doing what we're doing uh the mavs went in and they said, okay, the Lakers are defending us this way and this is giving us problems. Let's counter it like this, right? And they did. They started, it was instant. Soon as we started the second half, swing, 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 open shot, swing, 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 open shot. They just trusted that ultimately the Lakers were gonna keep giving up those corner threes with ball movement and the Mavs were going to capitalize. And they did. But the problem is then that puts the pressure on Darvin Ham to go, oh, the Mavs are doing this now. So I have to respond to that in this way. And I feel like that's where they're coming up short is making adjustments on the fly to the adjustments opponents are making in addition to the Lakers when they're down at halftime, making their own adjustments. So that's not necessarily unique to Darvin Ham or something that's not normal for a young head coach or a rookie head coach. But nonetheless, there are areas that you'd like to see get better. And I don't know that they are. So It's fair to be critical of Darvin Ham, but again, we also kind of knew what we were signing up for when you got a rookie head coach. Uh, Casual said Dennis Schroeder is lacking here, man. It's great to see LeBron playing so well, but we need uh, an extra spark with no AD. We need the guy we're about to offer 80 plus. Well, Remember the guy that you were going to offer 84 million to, he wasn't this Dennis Schroeder, but it's not that far off. I mean, he just Schroeder was a bit more aggressive on the offensive end. That season and was scoring more, but yeah, look, you could use a bit more of out of Dennis Schroeder. There's no question, but he's a minimum player right now. Like that's, that's also part of the problem here is the Lakers have minimum players that they're asking to do a lot more than their pay grade would suggest. And that's out of necessity. So yeah, the Lakers need Wendy Gabriel to do more. They need right you need you can say we need Troy Brown to do more. We need, but can you expect that when these guys are on minimum contract? These are guys who should be you know rotation bench players. And the Lakers are asking them to start or carry a heavy burden out of necessity because they don't have anybody else. That's the unfortunate reality. Always winning. Third quarter needs the hustle, energy lineup starting all third quarters not ending it. Yeah, maybe. What would that be? It would be Russ, Wenyan. You could put LeBron in the mix there. Thomas Bryant and Austin Reeves. That would probably be your all-hustle lineup. I mean, maybe that's what you need is the energy boost. I think something needs to change. The the chemistry is just off. Something's got to give here. And I know Lakers fans have not been happy seeing Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder continuing to start in the backcourt. I think that would be an easy switch to make right now is to swap out one of those players. Maybe it's Beverly. Maybe it's, it's Schroeder, whoever it is. Swap out one of those players, plug in Reeves, plug in somebody. And then you're also starting the second half with that player as well. And then maybe your third quarter starts aren't quite so poor and you don't get yourself in such a deep hole. You know, the thing is with this game, I, I said it on Twitter, like Lakers fans, we got midway through the third Lakers fans are very familiar with this game script. This is what the Lakers do. They're either close or even up a little bit at halftime they get demolished in the third quarter they mount a little bit of a comeback in the fourth sometimes they take a little bit of a lead but ultimately in the last 5 minutes the game goes the other way and they lose that's how this team loses games is they get beat by a lot in the third quarter and that's their undoing and that's what we saw here again today um again they get down they mount a little bit of a comeback again they actually won the fourth by 10 but it's not enough, and they they ultimately lose the game. That's the we saw this play out again, and that's just kind of been the Lakers game script. And it's going to be on Darvin Ham, the coaching staff, to figure out how do you get out of this cycle and start having successful third quarters. We have seen some, but we haven't seen a successful game, wire to wire. With the exception of maybe the Bucks game. Every other game, it's felt like, even if the Lakers somehow managed to get focused and everything going for them in the third they let down in the fourth or they let down in the second. It's like that court. They just can't seem to avoid having that one disastrous quarter that ultimately is their undoing. Uh, Samaj said LeBron was keeping it close, but the Lakers needed size besides Braun ham decided to not put one or Thomas Bryant in. took Braun out, played five guards, shaking my head. Look, I, I mean, I've been saying it since July. This roster's not balanced. They need big wings. They need players with some size and they they don't have those guys. They don't have those guys right now, and um, they've needed them for two years. Ever since they traded Kyle Kuzma, they've needed someone else with that skill set, and they just have not found those kinds of players. This is, it's a wings league, and the Lakers don't have wings. They just don't. Now, if you look at the Mavs, I thought this was interesting. You look at the Mavs, Christian Wood, who's a favorite of mine, he's 6'9". So he's not massive at the center position for the Mavs, but you look at the Mavs. This was their starting lineup. Christian Wood is is 6'9". Lucas, 6'7". You had, what, Tim Hardaway and Reggie Bullock are 6'5", 6'6". And then Spencer Dinwiddie is 6'6". Most people don't realize that, but he's 6'6". So across the board, the Mavs don't have a big seven-footer, but they're not a small team anywhere. Everybody just about is 6'6 and above. Their smallest player is 6'5". And that matters. Having that kind of size on the floor matters. Again, we talk about having those wings. Reggie Bullock at 6'6. Tim Hardaway at 6'5, right? You've got those guys. Luca is 6'7. Again, the Mavs aren't a big team, but they are, they've got good size at each position. They're not undersized anywhere. It's not, they don't even have a 6'1 point guard right now. You look at the Lakers, Schroeder's six foot, Pat is 6'1. Lonnie is 6'4", and then you have LeBron and and Thomas Bryant. So the Lakers' small forward in this matchup is smaller than the Mavs' point guard. Think about that. The Lakers, starting the game, have three players on the floor that are shorter than every single player on on the Mavs starting five. They have the three smallest players on the floor in the starting lineup. Now that's not everything that doesn't mean you can't win games or anything, but we've talked about how undersized this Lakers Lakers team is. And I think it just underscores that they, they just don't have it. They don't have those wing players that you need. Really Lonnie should be a two and even at a two, he's a bit undersized. But if you had Lonnie at six, four at the two have a a one who's got a little bit of size, have a true three. You're talking about a guy who's six, seven to six ten, even somewhere in there makes a big difference but the lakers are just so undersized at these other positions it makes it tough on them it's not just rebounding it's closing out it's it's getting a hand up for the two shooters it's it's everything And that's that's not even that's not a darvin ham thing darvin ham made the decision to put five guards on the on the floor at the same time so i'm not saying he's blameless here but that's a roster build thing that's roster construction uh senpai Rob should be aware, angering clutch by doing nothing. You know, that's something else I've thought about. Let's say the Lakers don't do anything. Let's say they do nothing. What happens with LeBron in the summer? What happens with AD in the summer? If the Lakers go through the trade deadline and they don't do anything, and this team flounders and they don't make the playoffs, what happens then? I'm curious. It could be nothing. It could be LeBron and AD both sit down with Rob and say, you know what? We see it too. We don't have it this year. Let's keep the powder dry and let's make a big move this summer. Take cap space. You'll have three draft picks to play with in the summer and let's see what we can do then. That's possible. That's possible. So don't don't think I'm saying LeBron and AD are going to ask out if nothing happens here. But it sounds more plausible that, by the way, LeBron can't be traded right now. It sounds more plausible though that if LeBron effectively takes his age... 38 season right and just kind of wasted. it lebron's gonna be 38 in a few days and is on a non-playoff team and the pieces around him don't fit and don't work and didn't work in july and everybody has seen it since day one and nothing is done the entire season you can't imagine that he'd be super thrilled with that right can't imagine that ad would be super happy about that either He was putting up MVP caliber numbers and yet got no MVP buzz because the supporting cast wasn't good enough for the team to win games. Now, again, AD has to stay healthy to win MVP and and all of that, but you have a better supporting cast here. And not only are you winning more games, but AD goes out and you can actually tread water. You don't just sink like a stone. So there's got to be frustration there. I do wonder, because it seems plausible, what do LeBron and AD say this summer? If the team doesn't do anything, how do they feel? Again, maybe they're fine. Maybe they say, you know what, we see it and we trust that next summer you're gonna you're gonna make something happen. And we understand and let's move forward from it. Maybe that's their take. I don't know. I would just imagine they would be frustrated. And that could lead to a difficult conversation come summertime, if they are. Mario Hernandez, Jeannie needs to realize this isn't the same league her dad once knew. She needs to get with the times and make some huge changes. So are you talking about front office changes or roster changes? Maybe both. I do think changes need to be made. I think here's here's the thing. What have we seen consistently? Now, it's been two years now. Multiple off-seasons. And really, we've seen mistakes being made on the margins for a while. There was a a period of clarity where the Lakers did a really nice job um, when they won the championship. Rob made some great pivot moves after missing on Kawhi. I think Rob Palenka did a great job getting the pieces they did. And then that next summer, I'm not going to fault the like La- you know people say oh they blew up a championship team and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to fault the Lakers too much. I think their mistake was not keeping one of Dwight or JaVale. But you added Marc Gasol. You added the reigning sixth man of the year, Montrezl Harrell. You added uh, the runner-up to sixth man in Dennis Schroeder. The the Lakers were – you added Wes Matthews to replace, ideally, what Danny Green was bringing you. It didn't quite work out, but injuries were what undid that team. And so I give Rob some credit because at the end of that summer – or that offseason, I should say, it wasn't even summer because of COVID – um, the Lakers were voted as the team that had the best offseason after winning the championship. This wasn't about champ- in terms of the moves they made. They made the best best moves in the league. So you went from assembling a championship winning team, pivoting brilliantly after Kawhi said no, and then you had what, everybody, what other executives voted as the best offseason. So you had two offseasons where it was like everything just came together for Rob Polinka and the Lakers. And it worked and they were good. Aside from that though, you look at what the front office has done with Rob. I mean, you look at, depending on how much you want to put on magic, how much you want to put on Rob, you look at the Zubat situation. You look at the Julius Randall situation. You look at uh, Taylor Horton Tucker getting the contract that he did. You look at Austin Reeves, not getting three or four years on his deal. You look at same thing with Max Christie. Now, um, Oh, no, 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 I mean, there's been tons of moves that have been made and missed on. Acquiring Reggie Bullock, acquiring Mike Moscala, those not, not working out. Uh, not keeping Alex Caruso. That's a big one, too. Could have used that contract in a trade at the very worst. There's been a lot more bad than there's been good with that period of two off seasons where I, I – There was like a moment of clarity and the Lakers got it and they made the right moves and got the right pieces and it, and it was good. Aside from that though, you've seen a lot of questionable decision-making and at some point you have to wonder, you know what, if we keep just doing the same thing and we keep the front office the same, aren't we going to get the same results, right? Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. Yeah. But the Lakers just gave Rob Polinka a contract extension, too. So that may be a factor there. It would seem that change is needed in a lot of areas. But will that happen? Not sure. Not sure. And we'll see what happens from here with the trade deadline and uh, and beyond. But so far, a lot of mistakes have been made. And we're seeing that play out on the floor. Bruce Chang. Play both Bryant and Damian Jones in the starting five. Oh, so two bigs go twin towers, go from small ball to overly big lineups. Uh, Gabriel off the bench. What do the Lakers have to lose at this point? They don't have size. I think that's, I understand the sentiment, but I think that's probably an overcorrection to go that big of a lineup. I don't think you need to play both at the same time. If you wanted to put another big in, it would be for me, it would be Wenyon and Thomas Bryant, because I think Wenyon gives you the versatility to defend a little bit on the perimeter. If you really decide, you know what, we just, we have to go bigger. Um, fine. I think you can make an argument for it, but it would be my pick would be Wenyon to go alongside Thomas Bryant to give you more size and then LeBron at the three, then Lonnie and whoever you want to put at the one, whether you, it's going to be Pat or, or Schroeder or whatever, um, could argue Austin Reeves should be there. But but that, w- that would be my take. Um, I know the Lakers don't have size, but I think playing Damian Jones and Thomas Bryant together just to get size creates a whole lot of other problems, even if you are solving the, the size issue somewhat. Dimitri said Ham needs to start with these stop with these small ball lineups, especially when the opposing team has a six, seven point guard. Play Schroeder less and Bryant Gabriel and Christine more. Yeah, don't I, I don't disagree with that. Um, yeah, Max Christie only played five minutes in this one. He's actually got a little bit of size to him and, and, and can play that kind of three and D style on the wing. I do think you need – you've got to play bigger plays. You know, Troy Brown, again, one for five. He's just 18 minutes. We need the Troy Brown that we saw when he first came back from injury with the Lakers, and he came on and he's hitting threes and, and doing good, thing. and he was starting. I don't know if it's just a matter of starting him or what the deal is, but he's had a rough go of things recently, and the Lakers, I mean, he's six six. He's one of the few players on the team that's big enough to play on the wing they just haven't been able to get much out of him. He's shooting 27% from three in the month of December, averaging just four points and playing 17 minutes. This is after shooting 34% from three in the month of November, which is just fine on this Lakers team. You'll take 34% from three played 26 minutes per game. Eight points was doing some good things out there for you. was helping out on the boards, five rebounds. Again, those aren't like, otherworldly, blow-you-out-of-the-water stats. They're not that, but he was productive. He was helping you in an area of need on, on the wing, and now he's just in such a slump. I mean, he's shooting 35% from the field, and he's barely getting onto the floor right now, and it's a it's a real problem because he is what the Lakers need. If he's at his best, that's the skill set that the Lakers need, and he's, he's not been able to get it going. I'm hoping that that can we can see that turn around. That's compounded the problem. JTA and Troy Brown, JTA being injured and largely not playable and Troy Brown now slumping, that just makes not having enough size even more damaging because two your two guys you brought in to be those wing players haven't been able to do that for you. Yeah, compounds the problem. Manny says, LeBron was the only player with with 20-plus in the Lakers the past two seasons have been hurting LeBron's legacy. Should LeBron ask for a trade this summer? Well, I already addressed LeBron maybe asking for a trade this summer, um, so I won't rehash that. But, yeah, I mean, I would have to imagine he's not super thrilled with what's going on right now. I would have to imagine he would like to be on a team that's playing winning basketball. And again, you can throw it back on LeBron and say, well, you signed off on the rust thing, so this is partially on you. And it's true, there's plenty of blame to go around. Nobody's blameless in this situation. Um, But yeah, I I would have to imagine he's probably pretty frustrated. And if something doesn't get done, maybe that becomes a topic of discussion come June, July. Sean Tate, Genie Bus sell the team. Enough is enough. I don't think the Bus family are going to sell the team. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But the Lakers are one of the most valuable franchises in professional sports, period. Not just basketball, but all sports. They're one of the most valuable franchises on the planet. and I would think there would be no, no shortage of bidders should they decide to sell, but I don't think they're in any hurry to sell. Remember, this is all about their dad's legacy and honoring that legacy. And you can say, well, they're not doing that with their play on the floor right now. And I understand that, but the family has become so intertwined with the team and their identity has become mixed in with the team that I think that would be a really hard decision to make to just sell the team and, and move on. But, Look, I understand the sentiment. It's been a long time since Dr. Buss passed, and we've seen a lot more bad than good in, in that time. So I understand the frustration from fans. Robert, silver lining. At least LeBron didn't get dunked on this year to end the Christmas game like last year versus the Nets and Claxton. L.A. had a good effort today. Well, except for the third. Their effort was good to start the game. It looked like they were finally rolling. I thought, my gosh, is that are things finally going to click? But I knew the third quarter's coming boy, that was probably the worst third quarter we've seen on the season. I mean, to lose by 30, that was brutal. Jason Sutton, I'm sorry, Trevor, but five guards is just unacceptable. Yes, the roster is flawed, but Ham Ham magnifies that flaw tenfold by some of the decisions that he's made. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree that, again, there are points where Darvin Ham's hands are kind of tied because of the roster construction, but the roster construction doesn't necessitate putting five guards on the floor either even if it was just for a short stretch, you simply you can't do that. You just can't. And so that's where I think Ham does deserve some criticism for, for what's happened here. And, and I think it's interesting, too. He said Ham magnifies the flaw. That was the the, the big – my biggest complaint about Frank Vogel was – and I thought – I think Vogel is a good coach, particularly defensively. When he's got the right pieces, he's a really good defensive coach. But I thought last year, Frank Vogel, he didn't get – a lineup or a roster that was good for him. He didn't get a roster that fit his style, but I also will say he didn't take what he was given and improve upon it. He didn't make it better. Like it's not like his schemes and things helped improve what that team was. I wonder if we're going to, if we're seeing the same thing happen with Darvin Ham, where, where look, he's renowned as being one of the best assistant coaches in the league. Somebody who's deserving of a head coaching shot, I'm looking at this team, the way they're playing right now, and some of this is due to injury, but they are very reliant on LeBron and AD to do all the heavy lifting. And if those guys don't, it doesn't seem like Darvin Ham is able to scheme his way out of trouble and get more out of his team than what he should, um, than what their talent would suggest. Now, again, maybe it's asking too much. No AD, Russ not producing at a $47 million value. Pat Bev not producing at a $13 million value. Kendrick Nunn not producing at a $5 million value. So you've got a lot of money that's just kind of sitting on the sidelines right now or not performing up to the level of their their cap hit. It's LeBron and veteran minimum guys, mostly right now. It's a lot to ask for someone to produce with that. But nonetheless, I do think that Darvin Ham has made plenty of mistakes. It's not all on him, but he's not blameless either which kind of feels like where we were at a year ago. Sean, how is Rob not fired yet? Second uh, season straight, LeBron playing center, team not able to rebound. Once he goes out, we can't score. I mean, what else do you need to see in order to pull the trigger? I mean, they gave him a four-year contract extension. Now, that doesn't stop teams from moving on from general managers or whatever they – a lot of general managers are fired with a year, two years left on their contracts. But still, the Lakers just committed long-term to Rob Palenka. Just did it this past summer. But you're right. Here we are again. LeBron having to play center. LeBron goes out. The team falls to pieces. It's really what we've seen the entire tenure for LeBron, though, has been when he goes off the floor, they can't hold leads. LeBron gets a lead. He goes out. Lead goes away. LeBron comes back in, pushes the lead back up. He goes out. Lead goes away. It's part of why they went and got Dennis Schroeder. It's part of why they got Russell Westbrook, was the hope was add another guard who can score and LeBron goes out. Somebody else can run the show and we're going to be able to tread water. LeBron comes back in. We just keep building this lead. That's what they were hoping for. Hasn't worked out that way. And for a variety of reasons that I'm not going to get into right now, it hasn't worked out, but you have to wonder at some point there's nobody left to blame, but the person putting it all together, right? Frank, you can't blame Frank Vogel anymore. Wicked Bronco, as a Broncos fan and a Lakers fan, oh man, it's been a rough year for you. Uh, apologies for that. And are you just having nightmares about guys named Russ right now? If you're a Broncos fan and a Lakers fan, that's not that's not easy. That's not easy, and that's not you know Russ. I think has been okay for the Lakers this season, but wow, Christmas ruined. Two Russ trades have ruined my teams. Palinka got an extension for this. Please trade now. Here's my question. I keep bringing this up. Everybody pushing for the Lakers to make trades. I understand there's that feeling of desperation. There's that feeling of, hey, we need to get something done because somebody fixed this. Fix all this that we're watching. It's, it, everything's burning. Someone quick come and put out the fire via a trade. I understand that. But the same people making the decisions on whatever this trade would be are the ones who made the decisions to put this team in this place. So, are you 100% confident that whatever trade is made is a good one? I don't think you can be. Now, I'm not saying that's reason to not trade, or I'm not saying that's reason to not not be optimistic. I'm just saying the possibility exists to make this worse, for this to get worse. Gosh, I hate being so negative on Christmas, but it is possible. So, you got to be careful. If you're just pushing for a trade, just do something, do anything. Well, you may not like the trade that gets done then if it's just do anything. And you can go back. I think it's totally fair to go back and say, well, you should have done Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for the picks and Russ before media day should have done that. Get that deal done. And I'm in agreement. I said at the time they needed to do that deal and that it was a gamble to not do it. It was a gamble hoping they could keep their heads above water. It was a gamble that that deal wasn't going to go away by December or whatever. Those gambles haven't paid off. So it's fair if you want to go back and say, you know what? We said back then they should have done it. They needed to do that then. Now they're in the spot that they're in right now. It's fair. But again, it's the same decision makers. So are we sure that doing something right now is the best decision to make? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I sure hope if they, if they make a trade, it improves the team. They can find something that legitimately improves the G something where we can go. The Lakers made a good move, a smart move, didn't get fleeced, and, and you can feel good about the decision makers again. That would be fantastic. Ricardo said, I think the Lakers will do two things. Trade for miles because we need another effective big. I don't think he's on the market anymore. Or do no trades because they believe the team's not worth it. I don't think Miles Turner's on the market. I think that's why the Pacers are talking extension unless they're trying to drive a hard bargain on the trade market and trying to increase his value by leaking out there that they're looking at an extension, which is possible. But nonetheless, I don't think I think the deal that the Lakers said no to essentially or said we're not going to present that offer um back before the season started, I just I don't think that's on the table right now. Buddy healed Miles Turner for both those first I don't think that's on the table. Greg V. Fans can't take it anymore. Is the front office watching the same games as us? Change needs to happen ASAP. I agree, as long as it's the right change. It's got to be the right change, and when the right move comes along, you have to say, yes, I'll do it. You can't say, well, you know what? Let's wait and see if Darvin Ham can get more out of Russell Westbrook, and let's see if all this is going to work out for us, and let's see if the right deal's there. you got to take it. Scott Moore. Merry Christmas, Trevor. Oh, well, Merry Christmas, Scott. Uh, only gift I wanted was LA to play tough and not get embarrassed. First half of the game, mission accomplished. Besides health, what team gift can we hope for for 2023? I, it's it's a trade again, where the team gets the right pieces, hopefully some wings, and doesn't get fleeced. I'd love to see some creativity. I'd love to see some type of move that, I mean, it's it's hard to wish for this, right? But a move that you didn't really see coming, right? Some type of move where you go, man, that's creative. And they came up with something really good. Kind of like you look at the Orlando Magic. You look at what they did with uh, Gary Harris, Mo Bama. You look at what they did with those contracts. Like just some creative thinking in order to create some real trade value by using contracts in a very smart way. I'd like to see something like that on the trade front where you just go, you know what? The way they put this deal together, that was really smart. That that took a lot of outside-the-box thinking, and they got something really creative and good done. That would be my ideal situation where you you see a trade uh, get pulled off where you just say, wow, that was a really great use of resources by the Lakers. We haven't seen a lot of that lately, so I would love to see that. A move where our analysis can be, man, the Lakers really valued their resources and used them properly. Uh, Magic Johnson, man of action. He would have done something by now, don't you agree? He would have done something maybe, but would it have been something good? I don't know. Remember, Magic was around when they traded Zubats for uh, for Mike Muscala. I mean, that was a deal where, look, the Clippers aren't in any hurry. Like, the fact that the Clippers were willing to do the deal should have been a giant red flag. Enough of a red flag for the Lakers to say, oh, never mind, we shouldn't do this, right? The Clippers couldn't believe that the Lakers were offering that. They were like, wait, he's good. Why, why are you offering this to us so the Clippers aren't going to want to do anything to help the Lakers, but they clearly, clearly won that deal strictly on value. They won that by a lot by getting a beats Zubats. And the Lakers, you can argue, well, they didn't have a, they didn't, we're going to resign him and all those sorts of things. That's fine. But I mean, magic was at the helm. Magic was at the helm when they traded Lou Williams for what, what was it like a late first or seconds or something. And uh, in that, in the deal with the Rockets, you know, Magic would have done something, but again, I don't know that it would have been the right move. That's the problem. Ricardo said, Lakers have no dependable depth. That's why third quarters are terrible. Also, when LeBron goes to the bench, on most occasions, they are forced to play too many minutes, which leads to injuries, i.e. AD. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. I think you've got guys who are slotted, what, three through seven right now, say, on the Lakers in terms of their depth chart who really should be like seven through 11 or eight through 12 on a good NBA team. That's what you've got right now in this Lakers team. And that's a problem. You're missing like three, four really good role players. Like, I don't know. Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Calvo Pope. I hate going back to that, but like this, you can just see it on this team. You're just, you're missing three or four really solid good NBA players with size who can shoot a little bit. That's, that's what you're missing right now on this team because you traded those things away in order to go get Russell Westbrook. And again, Russ has been better this season than he was was last season. Give him credit for coming off the bench. I'm not saying he's been a total negative, but that decision just continues to haunt the Lakers and you can see it in the makeup of this roster. You're missing that stuff that you need. Uh, Eve, I think this is an interesting comment. The Lakers never give their young players a chance to develop. They go to other teams and become all-stars and impact players. So anytime you trade a young player away, you know, there's a pretty good chance that a few years down the road, you're going to look at the deal and you're going to say, man, I wish we we had that guy right now. Right. I wish the Lakers had Brandon Ingram right now. I wish, maybe you're not saying that about Lonzo Ball because he's been injured, but The Lakers could really use even D'Angelo Russell right now. You could use Evita Zubats, Larry Nance Jr., Julius Randle, on and on and on and on, right? Go down the road, Jordan Clarkson, all these guys that have done things elsewhere. And that's credit to the team's scouting department for finding those guys. I think the issue isn't necessarily trading away the young talent. It can be an issue. It can be. But it depends on what you're getting in return. I think the issue has been not valuing those guys highly enough in trades and in free agency decisions. Remember, they let Thomas Bryant walk away for nothing. Evita Zubats, they traded for a guy who walked away for nothing. Um, Julius Randle said, pretty please, can I not be a restricted free agent? The Lakers had him over the barrel. Nobody was offering him deals because he was restricted. Randle said, well, I'd prefer to not be restricted and I'd like to go somewhere else. And the Lakers said, oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. Rather than saying, hey, you know what? You're a restricted free agent. We never have restricted free agents where we can do something that's beneficial for us. So we're gonna hold you to this. You can take the qualifying offer and play a year for us on the cheap, or you can work out a deal with us and we'll try to trade you down the road and we'll we'll get some value out of it. Instead, the Lakers just said, Yeah, no problem. Here, you're we'll we'll re- renounce your rights and you're a complete free agent. You can sign anywhere that you want. And they got Rondo with the money, so. And you, but still, that's just that's you took your number seven overall pick in Julius Randle and you allowed him to just walk away when you didn't have to because he asked. I mean, mind numbing, right? Like these are the, the, the decisions that they're making with this young talent. So your scouting department is finding all of these players, and that's great. The problem isn't necessarily that you're trading them, like there's lots of teams that take young players and flip them for win-now pieces, and that can be a legitimate strategy to help you out, particularly when you've got LeBron. The problem hasn't just been that. It's been not valuing these young guys enough and allowing so many of them to walk away with zero return. I mean, hell, really, you look at like Danny Green and a future first-round pick, or a first-round pick, that probably would have been used on Desmond Bain, from what we heard. I talked to Des several times before that draft, and he talked about how great his interview with the Lakers was and how bad he wanted to be a Laker, how he was cheering for the Lakers that year in the finals against the Heat. He was training in Miami, rooting on the Lakers. That's what, that's what he was going through uh, during that draft. And the Lakers traded that pick away. And again, that was a fine deal in terms of value. You get the runner-up to sixth man of the year and Dennis Schroeder, who at the time had a lot more value than he does right now. But what did that turn into? Schroeder walked away for nothing. You didn't even trade him and get and further that value. So that draft pick and Danny Green's contract ultimately turned into nothing. You didn't flip it into anything else. That's a problem for this Lakers front office. Again, it's not just that they're not giving young talent the time to develop. That may be a problem depending on what your roster build strategy is, but the bigger problem is allowing so much of the value to just disappear. Don't I'm checked out. If the front office doesn't care, I'll stop supporting the Lakers. This is a disaster in LA. It's not been fun. It's not been fun. I understand it. I understand it. It's not been fun. Uh, the last couple of years, it's been tough. It's been tough. I understand if, if people say, you know what? I, I can't do this. I'm walking away understand that too. All I'll say is I, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm sticking it through, through thick and thin. We've been through tough times, been through good times. This is one of those tough times. And um, you know what? At some point it'll get better, one way or another. It'll, it'll get better at some point. I can't say when, but um, I'm going to stick it out because this team's in my blood. This team is the one I grew up with. So I'm not going anywhere, but I understand if, if some other people say, you know what? I need to step away from this for a bit. Gary E said, Merry Christmas, Lakers fans. At the rate we are losing, can we still go to the play-in, reach 31 wins, front office at least, look at South Bay for three-point shooters on a 10-day? Well, you can't do 10-day contracts just yet. Um, Can't do those yet. But you do have an open roster spot. You could sign a non-guaranteed deal. Sure, you could do that. Uh, As far as can they still make the play-in? Sure. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played but you have to turn a lot of things around and you're going to need a healthy Anthony Davis to do it and maybe a trade. And you have to decide, is it worth making a run at the plan to give up future talent? Uh, Matt Riggs, we could have had Donovan Mitchell, but we drafted Zoe instead. I even said at the time it was wrong. The front office doesn't see talent. I don't think Donovan Mitchell was the big miss. I think Jason Tatum was the big miss. He was the third pick. The Lakers took uh, Lonzo number two. Yeah. You could have had Datum, but I mean, then again, so could Philly. Philly even traded out of the third pick. They traded out. They gave up future value so they could take Markel Voltz instead of Jason Tatum. I think it's, it feels even worse if you're a Philly fan. But, um, yeah, the Lakers could have could have Jason Tatum right now. And instead, they went Lonzo. Now, they turned Lonzo ultimately into, you know, Anthony Davis as part of a package. And they won a championship. So, you've got that. So, that's something. Right? Championships matter. Nonetheless, yes, they, they could very easily have Tatum right now, but they missed in, in their draft selection on, on that one. But, I, again, I also understand what they saw in Lonzo, what they were thinking about with, with Lonzo. Um, they weren't the only team that had him rated, rated second overall. So and look at hindsight's twenty twenty in the draft, and there's lots of teams that miss on their draft picks. Yes, it hurts when you miss on a player that turns out to be so great that's right now the favorite to win MVP, Jason Tatum. Could have had him. But I so said that's that's kind of the way it goes in the draft sometimes. All right, everybody, that's that's going to do it for today. Um, unfortunate game today, but I do want to say Merry Christmas to all of you out there. I hope you guys had a, a fantastic day if you celebrate Christmas. If not, Happy Holidays, of course. But appreciate all of you for sticking it out with us. Make sure you are subscribing to the YouTube channel. Don't forget to give us that five star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. And uh, again, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy some time with family. Try to step away from what we saw take place with the Lakers today and make the rest of your day as merry as you possibly can. Till then, everybody, see ya and stay safe.